0: Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, and we'll will be at page 140 in our in our book. Romans chapter 15, <clears throat> and page 140. I'll give you a minute to turn there. Yeah, Romans 15. Yes. <clears throat> How many of you have heard of spiritual gifts? Okay, mo- most of us have heard of them. Um, to the best of my knowledge, the, the spiritual gifts are listed in two areas in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, don't turn there, but I'm just I'm just talking about spiritual gifts for a minute. <clears throat> What are spiritual gifts? Anybody want to weigh in on on this subject? John? So the gift that you have that you are gifted to, uh, for example, teaching or preaching or something like that, something that you're able to do that maybe not have included. Okay. All right. Um uh, Anybody want to expound on that? What what are spiritual gifts? Teaching, helping others. Okay. The, the the gift of helps, uh teaching, yes. Um you ask me for a list of No, 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 no. What what are they? Is what is yeah, what is the goal of the, yeah, right. That that would be a probably a better phraseology. Okay, to glorify God. Okay. Absolutely. Um where do we get spiritual gifts? From <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the Holy Spirit, it, you know, it's, it, hence spiritual gifts. <laughs> okay, um, now, okay, yeah, edification would definitely be one of them. Um, uh, oftentimes, <clears throat> People, and and we may in the future, in fact, not that I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure Chris will do a search on it. I don't know that I've ever actually preached on spiritual gifts, but uh, do you know what your spiritual gift is? Anybody? well and 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 chances are you have one that's prominent and then you have multiple that are like secondaries uh gifts uh does anybody possess all of the gifts i don't i don't i don't believe so okay i i, I don't um have you ever for just sake of discussion, have you ever done a personality test? Okay? Uh, some of you have I, I don't I don't know that I put a lot of a weight in personality test, uh, although it's good to know your personality type because certain of us are you know God wires us all different. okay? And we all have personality types. And the reason I don't put a lot of weight in it, it's not that I, and I've, I've actually taken personality tests, um, but people can become so consumed with those, they forget how God made you. Does, does that make sense? And you, I've seen people, Christians, get so consumed with personality tests that they forget that God is in control of their life, not their personality. Does that make sense? So that's why i don't I don't you know I, I don't get wrapped up in those things but at the same time our spiritual gifts <clears throat> do our spiritual gifts conflict with our personality types cool. okay they can it they can it. okay um all right that's that's a good answer um, uh me personally, uh, I, I, I believe I have the gift of teaching. Um, uh, for a lot of years, I fought against that spiritual gift because I didn't want to teach. Does that make sense? So again, i'm not I'm not preaching on spiritual gifts here, but i want i want to I want to ask a question. Because if we don't understand what spiritual gifts are, then this question may not make sense. The question is this. Are spiritual gifts the leading of, and the leading of the Holy Spirit synonymous? Okay, perfect answer. Okay, because oftentimes what Christians do is they think, that the leading of the Holy Spirit has to be within the realm of their spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? And, and, and we need the Spirit to lead us in our gifts, but the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit works in our way, in our lives, many, many more times outside of those spiritual gifts. And so often, <clears throat> I believe... Uh, Christians miss a huge opportunity in their lives when they fail to recognize the Spirit of God working in their lives outside the, the the realm of their spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? Am I talking in circles? Okay. I was just thinking of Peter. Yes. I was, just he was a good preacher, good teacher. It, it took... A, it, it took Holy Spirit leading him to Samaria and Gentile before he realized it. it right, it, it, you know, Peter's journey to get where God wanted him was a long journey. And if you will look at your life, chances are <clears throat> that journey is probably very similar. I know for me personally, the journey from um, where I was just 15 years ago, I mean, I've been here for 12 years. Two or three years before we moved here, uh, I was still, if you'd have told me I'd have been a pastor, I'd have told you, you're nuts. I did not want to be a pastor. Truth is, I still don't. No, I'm teasing. Uh, (laughs) There are days, I'll just say. Oh, I, yeah, I would have told them, you know, just, man, you are out there. Uh, you know, hey, if when I joined the Navy, if somebody had told me I was even going to be a Christian, I would have told them they're nuts. But the journey that God brings us on is a, is a, is a, is a I want to say it's a fun journey because it's not always been fun interesting there you go that's a better that's it's a it's definitely an interesting journey so yes if you like roller coasters <laughs> so any any questions before we get started Rick I can't hear you Welcome the journey Welcome the journey yes yes you know and um it's easy to say that on the back side of the journey, not on the front side. I, I remember one day, uh, God, and I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but i was I was driving down the road. I was a building contractor in South Carolina, and I was driving between in, in, between jobs. And I remember God prodding me. To, to expand my, my life, to push me a little further out of my comfort zone. And I remember having an argument driving down the road. I could take you to the exact street where the argument took place. And me saying to God, what are you trying to do? Y'all ever been there? I mean, I can take you to the street, probably even the intersection that that argument took place. What are you, what are you, trying, to, what are you trying to do to me? I was happy. Had a, had a good business going. Doing what I love to do. God was pushing me out of my comfort zone. Part of that journey. Page 140. We'll start at the top. I think we I think we did uh, did the top one. Did we do the top one yet? Okay. Is that that? That's where we stopped, though, right? Empower as witness. Oh, okay. Well, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and read them and and oh, we did. Did we do empower as witness too? Yep. Okay. Well, then let's go down to the bottom of the page then. <clears throat> Be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, makes the Christian life work. Now i want to I want to stop here, and I, I need to explain that the author of the book does it does a really good job of explaining this, but I wanted to kind of expound a little bit. and I want to talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. When a person receives Christ, what is immediately, what is the thing the one thing? that that happens in their lives immediately. What, when a person gets saved, what happens? In, okay, the the Holy Spirit indwells them. Okay? <clears throat> so when a person gets saved, what is, okay, they, they are indwelled with the Spirit. Now this is where, it, it took me some time early in my Christian life to try and figure this out. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It's two different things. Okay, allowing Him to make changes. Anybody else? Okay, walking with Him. Okay, anybody else? Okay, as you get this out of your life, let the Spirit fill Okay, as you take things out of your life, then the Spirit fills those things, okay? one of the mistakes I made early in my Christian life was I felt like I needed more of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Talk to me. Okay? <clears throat> Is that true? much on Okay, you get all of the Holy Spirit at salvation. When the Holy Spirit indwells you, you get all of it. Okay, so then, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because that's a Bible, that's a Bible terminology here, right? Okay, okay, and that's that's a that's a huge part of it. Okay, but there's more to it than that. More new than old Okay, more new man than old man. I'm sorry. Um, it, it can be. It, it absolutely can be. Anybody else? See, this is something that I struggle with because I felt like I didn't have all of the Holy Spirit, that I needed more of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is when I got saved, I got all of it. Just to allow him to work. There you go. That's where the feeling comes in. The more of my life that I surrender, and this is what Brian said, the more that I surrender, the more he takes over. So, in the, the Bible word, full, what does it mean? Okay, I, I've used this illustration before, and it's almost empty now, you might would figure. But <clears throat> if I were to fill this cup, where, how far would I fill it? No, you, you, yeah, if I'm going to fill my cup, I'm going to fill it to about here. Well, I can, but I can't... It, 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 anything, over, uh, anything for me, anything above that, what am I going to do to it? I'm going to spill it. So in, in a practical sense, okay, you fill it up and you go... <laughs> okay? In a practical sense when we fill a cup, we only fill it to about here, right? Huh? Yes. Yeah, a toddler its about here, okay? So my, my point is this. In the Bible, the word full means to be literally full. And that is what the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit is, when I have given him total control of my life, then he has con- total control. When I have given everything away. Now, how many of us have done that? Okay. Are you asking for a show of hands? No. Because <laughs> it's going to be a short list, okay? Okay. What 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 do we practically in our lives, what do we do? We always reserve something that we are in control of. Okay, we, we always hold back a little of our own, do we not? Why, why is that? Some of us are control freaks, right? Um, some of us are insecure. Uh, some of us just like to fight. Human, Scared. S- scared. Shy, Um, some of us—it's—it's a trust issue. But what happens in our life whenever, whenever we give an area of God, uh, an, an area of our life to God, and the Holy Spirit takes over, and something miraculous happens, what what happens practically in our lives? Huh? Our faith grows. And then when God says, hey, I want this part of your life, you go, oh, no, <laughs> no, not that one. No, please, not that one. And then you end up giving it to God, and what happens? You grow again, you grow again and your faith grows stronger. I this. Huh? This I said, new pair of pants. Yeah, new pair of pants, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. uh, so, so... As, as, we, as we go through this section, <clears throat> understand the difference between being indwelled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The goal, and me personally, I don't believe anybody is going to reach 100% fulfillment this side of glory. Okay. I, I'm just I'm just saying I, I it's we all, all have flesh, we all struggle with different things. But we should the goal is to be filled with the spirit more today than I was yesterday. Does that make sense? So it helps, at least for me, it took me a long time to unwind those things because I felt like when I got saved, I only got a little bit of the Holy Spirit and I needed more of the Holy Spirit. What I needed was less of me. Yes. Is it possible that the Holy Spirit you tell you that 100%? So you're not kind to drink the water from fire because only provides you with what you need for that certain depth. Is that a possibility? Okay, my my experience. It, 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 okay, I, I think I know what you're saying. My experience has been with my life, it has been baby steps for the last 40 years. God, God has brought me, and that, that was what we were talking about, the journey, welcoming the journey, because God, <clears throat> God in eternity past knew that I would be the pastor of this fine church. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm being honest with 15 years ago I, I would have told you you are insane but what was God doing? God was bringing me on this journey and the more I surrendered my life the more I gave over to him the more he, I, I was allowing him to control my life and then when, he, when it was time to come to Fernley the only thing I said was where's Fernley? never heard of it before but God knew where it was so the the filling of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit are two totally separate things And, and the more that you give up yourself the more the Spirit can fill you any questions before we move on Okay. So, have you ever considered how impossible the Christian life is? That's an incredible statement. Now, is the is the Christian life impossible? Okay. The human mind there you go. That's what I'm looking for. The human mind, it's, impo- it's an impossible journey. But with God, all things are possible. Right. And <clears throat> if you are a growing, maturing believer, then the journey that you have been on, humanly speaking, is an impossible journey. Humanly speaking, because we cannot change the way God can change. You look back after. Exactly, that's looking back, and you have that aha yeah, and you go, wow, wow. I remember when <clears throat> I'd been saved about, I don't know, 25 years or so, somewhere in that vicinity, I had one of those moments where I just, I was forced for whatever, I don't remember the circumstance, but I was just forced to look back at my life. And I thought, wow. Because there was a time before I was saved, I was absolutely convinced that by the time i was in my 30s i would either be dead or in prison i i was i was absolutely con- I, I, I was absolutely convinced when i was in my 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 late teens i was i was absolutely convinced that by by the time i hit 30 i would either be dead or in prison And after I'd been saved about 25 years, I looked back and I remembered thinking that. And I thought, wow, God has brought me all this way. That's an incredible thought. Yes? Yeah, I go to prison. (laughs) I go to prison, though, and they let me go. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let's let's continue. Uh, truthfully, uh, <clears throat> trying hard uh, to better uh, to be better in our own strength uh, is an ex- ec- an exercise of futility. But the Holy Spirit empowers change in our lives inside out. Please circle the word inside. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He works from the inside out. Then the author continues. He said, let's <clears throat> uh, let's see how God's design is to work. So next blank here. Spiritual uh, 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 instructs, uh, excuse me, Scripture instructs us to be filled with the Spirit. Again, going back to our, conversation a few minutes ago, excuse me, the filling and the indwelling. The, ful- the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is not to be confused with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. As we've already seen, we <clears throat> when we accept Christ uh, as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit begins uh, begin to dwell in us permanently. But now he desires to fill us up or to control our actions and reactions. So, <clears throat> yes? I just, well, I just have an image when you have the glass, you can't fill it up with anything you Right. So, so you keep sacrificing in there, so it can be full cool of what you want. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Now, I, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, and I believe Randy said something, um, and I, I should have talked about it when you said it, because when I was when I was first saved, <clears throat> this whole thing of Christianity was was completely new to me. I, I mean, you know, my wife grew up going to church, and she, you know, she knew all the the, the 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 yeah the buzz terms, the lingo, if you would, and. I, I didn't, and I remember. I, I I don't even I don't even think I I had to I wasn't even told. I just remember listening to my uh, I'm going to date myself here my my cassettes, <laughs> and <laughs> okay, listening to my cassettes and. Being convicted in my heart that the music I was listening to was not good music. Because it was talking about things going contrary to what I was learning in the Bible. So I decided one day I was going to get rid of all my music. I, again I don't I don't to, to be perfectly honest, I don't recall anybody telling me I had to. I just something inside of me told me, hey, you need to get rid of this stuff. See, you know what I did? I gave it to a co-worker that I knew would play it at work. Hey, <laughs> <So, laughs> so, yeah, I'm not stupid, okay? But, but <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I, I'm just... Hey, it's not mine, right? I'm 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 guiltless. But but seriously, I, 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 but God convicted me of that. And I tried to cold turkey quit listening to that kind of music. But what do you think happened? I did. Why did why did I return? There you go. Okay. <clears throat> I remember driving down the road one day, sucking on a Coke bottle. How many of you ever did that when you were a kid? And, it, 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 and you would hang it uh, from your tongue? Okay. <laughs> I'm dating myself again. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and you had to get a lot of air out of that bottle for it to hang off of your tongue because those Coke bottles were heavy. And I remember turning my tongue purple, but I remember doing that one day. My mom, and this is before seatbelts, too, by the way. We're driving. We had an old '60 Ford Fairlane, and oh, I wish I still had that car. <laughs> anyway, we're driving down. We're driving down the road in this Ford. This Ford, and it was for whatever reason, is this me and my mom. I'm over here on the passenger seat, probably standing up. I don't know. But I'm sucking on this bottle. And I, I was probably, I don't know, six, seven years old. And <clears throat> I remember pulling it off my tongue and after, uh, after I could talk, you, you know, because your tongue swells up when that happens, I asked my mom something. I said, Mom? Yeah, <laughs> I said, if you suck all the air out of the bottle, what's in the bottle? Yeah, other than your tongue. Um, you, you know what she said? She explained to me the science of vacuum. She said, what happened when you pulled your tongue off? I said, all the, all the air went back in the, in the bottle. Now, you got to understand, my mom was an engineer at McDonnell Douglas, so... She understood all that stuff, you know. But I didn't. So she, she driving down the road, she's teaching me about the, the, the science of vacuum. And what happens in our lives when we get convicted about something, i.e. music that I got convicted of and I, I just ripped it out of my life and two weeks later, I'm back listening to it. I left the vacuum. Exactly. And if, if you don't, if you don't replace, I, I call it the, 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 the philosophy of, of, of replacement. Because I have seen Christians through the years get convicted about something and they rip it out of their lives, but they don't take the effort or the time to bring in good music or good things to read or good things to watch. And, and what happens is that vacuum, it just, as soon as you pull your tongue, because you can only hold your tongue on there for so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. And as soon as you pull your tongue off, the air goes right back in the bottle. And that's what happens in our lives sometimes. And he wants total control of your life. So how does that work? As he as he convicts, and we talked about this this morning, as he convicts us through preaching or through the reading of the Word of God or or some other way, just to, through prayer. I'll tell you what, God has convicted me just in my prayer life sometimes. I, you know, He'll bring something into my heart. And, and, and man, I need to deal with this. But what happens if I just start ripping stuff out of my life? It creates a vacuum. And if we don't put good things in... Good friends. How many times have you ever been convicted of, of the friends that you have? And you and you say, okay, I'm not going to deal with these friends anymore. And and you totally write them off. And two weeks later, you're back hanging out with your old friends again. Why? Because you didn't bring good friends in to replace the old friends. Substance abuse, it, 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 We. I mean, we, we could talk about a lot of things. But all of these things play, play into our lives, and if we do not replace what we take out with something good, is the spirit in control? Or is the vacuum in control? See, <clears throat> the vacuum or you are in control, but it's only going to last for a little while. But when we allow God to have control of our lives, then he will fill the void. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. I told you Romans earlier, but that's when I thought we hadn't gone that far. Uh, Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, but be not drunk with wine or a success, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, let's read what the author says here, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, This verse gives us a picture of a person who is drunk. The the, uh, inebriated person is not in control of themselves. They are under the influence of another substance. Even so, the Holy Spirit wants us to Daily yield to him so that we obey and follow him to control us. Now, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Many of us, unfortunately, in this room at one time uh, were alcoholics. I was an alcoholic. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Or heavy drinkers. When a verse, verse <clears throat> 18 here. Is clearly talking about somebody who is inebriated and under the control of wine or a foreign substance. Now, when that happens, who's in control? The alcohol is in control. But who's held responsible? The individual. Now let's, let's flip it around and apply it to the Holy Spirit. When we are under the control of the Holy Spirit or the influence of the Holy Spirit, who's in control? The Holy Spirit? I think we are. Okay, when, when we are under the influence or being led by the Spirit... Who's in control of our lives? We still are. So we put ourselves under. right. It's choices that we make. Why is why is um, well, let, let's just let, let me put it to you this way. Um, have you ever known somebody who was who was drunk or or uh, on even on medication uh, that said something, that was totally out of character for that individual. And you've heard, and you heard the statement, oh, don't worry, that's the alcohol talking or, or that's, the, that's the this talking or whatever. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever heard that statement? Okay, we all have. I've even used it on myself, <laughs> okay? Now, <clears throat> that same individual under the influence of alcohol, I'll, I'll just use it because that's the most common drug in our country today. Somebody under the influence of alcohol gets out on the highway, crosses over the line, goes head on and kills someone. Exactly. They're the one that goes to prison, not the alcohol. Why? Because of choices. Choices. They were the ones that chose to put the alcohol in their body. Which then... Changed how they acted. Okay, now, and it's interesting to me that Paul here in Ephesians uses the illustration here of of an, an inebriated person, somebody who is under the control of alcohol, likening that. To being filled with the Spirit. Have you ever tried to rationalize with a drunk? Can't do it. Or a two year old. Or a no. Okay? But what about somebody who's filled with the Spirit? What you filled with what flows out of you. Right. You know, <clears throat> I'm going to say something, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. I, I probably am, okay? I'm just warning you. So if, you, if you're if you a Facebook person, I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably not going to like what I'm going to say. Go back and look at your Facebook. Because I can get on your Facebook page, and in in less than five minutes, I can tell you what you're passionate about. Just saying, I can tell you, (laughs) I didn't, I'm not pointing, I'm not pointing, okay, I'm just saying, it's across the board. I can tell you what you're passionate about. The same way, I can talk to you for five minutes, and I can tell you what you're passionate about. Right? We're all guilty of it. Me, I wish. I, w- I, w- I was talking to I want to learn how to fly fish so bad. I, 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 I took I was just telling you, I took one class and I fell in love with it, but I don't have time. To go, you know, and fly fishing is one of those things. If you don't work at it, you you might. It's like golf, man. Don't just stay home. (laughs) (laughs) home. (laughs) You know, but I'll be honest with you. If, and I'm just, I'm just being transparent here. If I could spend more time in the river, fly fishing, you know what I would be talking about all the time? Fly fishing. I, I, it is something that I could get consumed, and I personally think that's probably one reason why God doesn't allow me the time to go do it, because I would be consumed with it. Because I love, I love being alone. I love rivers. I, I love everything about fly fishing. And to be perfectly honest, I could go out there for hours and not catch a thing and come home absolutely happy. Right? Because it's not about catching anything. It's about being out there in the river and being alone with God. But that's my personality type. And I'm telling you, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? Next blank. Scripture instructs us to walk in the Spirit, okay? Uh, Growth in the Christian life takes place in a daily choice. Get that. Daily choice. It is a daily choice to walk with God. It's something that we decide to do every single day. Actually, truth is, that should be multiple times a day. Because how many times have you have you got up thinking, "Wow, today's going to be a great day," and by lunchtime you're ready to go dig a hole and crawl in it? We have to choose that we're going to that we're going to walk with God. As day by day we make the decision to walk in the Spirit. Turn over to Galatians. Back to your left a little bit. Galatians chapter 5. Somebody want to read verse 16? This I say walk in the Spirit, not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay. So, if you walk in the Spirit, then you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Exactly. You can't do both. What does he say? You cannot serve two masters. Okay? Uh, look at verse 25. Somebody else read verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. There you go. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This is a matter of saying no to our fleshly impulses, And saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Is it really that simple? (laughs) Yes, on paper it looks really simple. But in practice, is it really that simple? Well, it, it really is that simple though. It's just, in theory yeah huh we are making it hard. We, we make it hard but god makes it possible. God makes it po- there you go i like that god makes it possible we make it hard but it really is that simple choosing to walk with him okay we got about five minutes let's see if we can finish this section <clears throat> scripture warns us not to sin against the Spirit. Christians can grieve or quench the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Okay, your next blank here. Grieving, and these two, we may come back and visit these next week because these are really important. Uh, Grieving the Holy Spirit uh, takes place uh, when we willfully, get this word willfully, circle the word willfully. Underline it, circle it, put a big star next to it when we willfully sin even when he convicts our hearts that we are going uh, that we're doing wrong that word willfully is critical i cannot tell you how many times god has convicted my heart and i've gone ahead and done it anyway that grieves the holy spirit Ephesians. Back to Ephesians chapter four. Somebody want to read thirty and thirty one. So grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Grieve not. Do you, do you, do you think that grieving the Holy Spirit is a choice? Yes. Absolutely, it's a choice. It's a choice. I I personally think that those of us that grew up in the 60s and 70s, there was a. In fact, I even had a shirt that said it. The devil made me do it. Who who was that Daniel guy? Bean. Flip Wilson, there you go. That's who it was. Yeah. Um, And my mom actually bought that shirt for me. (laughs) Shows you what my mom thought of me. But you know what? We, we, We try to blame everything on the devil, but the reality is most of the time we walk into it. Okay, your next blank. Quenching the Holy Spirit. Uh, It uh, takes place when we totally ignore or resist his prompting. When we do this uh, uh, after a time, uh, we will cease to hear his voice. 1 Thessalonians. Turn over there very quickly. And again, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to revisit this next week. So I'm just going to go through this real quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 19, quench not the spirit. There, and let's go ahead and finish reading this and then we'll be done for tonight. Uh, there is nothing more frustrating than trying to live the Christian life in, in human strength. But God never asks us to do that. Instead, uh, he comes alongside to guide us, invites us to surrender to him, and fills us with his power to live godly lives again choice after choice after choice and the choice is ours all we have to do is choose to walk with him now I'm, i think i'm going to yeah we're going to we're going to come back we're going to talk about these the grieving <clears throat> and the quenching here uh, next week um Um, but I want you to, if, if you, if you think about it, I want you to spend some time this week thinking about this idea of, of, uh, grieving and quenching, because <clears throat> these are, these are important things that oftentimes we do and, and don't realize that we've done it. Uh, so let's uh, close in a word of prayer and then we'll, we'll be done for tonight. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, as we uh, learn and grow uh, through our study, I ask that you would just continue uh, to help us to grow. Help us, dear God, to be more like you in everything that we say and do. And Lord, as we understand and, and, and try to comprehend the, the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, I ask, dear God, that you would uh, direct us and that you would uh, help us to live lives filled with the Spirit. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.